Welcome to the Sensual Artistry Podcast, exploring erotic awakenings and liberated love. I'm your host, Luna Agnea, essential arts and intimacy facilitator, relationship coach, tantrika, and artist with a passion for the path of liberation through love. In this podcast, you will receive firsthand stories of sacred erotic awakenings, transformational experiences, and love that goes beyond limits. This podcast is here to inspire, educate, and awaken your own sensual artist. Because when you liberate your eros, you liberate your life. Hey, beautiful creatures. So this week I'm going to be talking a little bit about self-worship and going from regular types of self-love into the tantric path of self-worship and what that means and how they kind of take your self-love and self-care to a whole other level. Uh, so, yeah, what is self-worship then, I guess? Um, in Tantra, in the Tantric path, uh, the big part of the awakening experience is starting to recognize that you are God, uh, you are the entire universe uh, experiencing itself through this individual body, and that this body is a kind of microcosm expression of the macrocosm uh, entire universe pretty much manifests through the body and the thing I love about tantra compared to a lot of other spiritual traditions is that it's an embodied path which means that it recognizes the body as spirit and as divine uh, compared to even yoga, um, a lot of people think of yoga as an embodiment practice and I mean yoga asana kind of is but the yogic philosophy and a lot of um, kind of more traditional uh, yoga like Patanjali yoga is actually pretty anti-body. Um, the idea of doing the practices is to purify the body, um, to transcend the body. It's really like that the body is this kind of dirty thing that you need to fix in order to get to divine spirit. Um, and so, yeah, there's even a little saying that like, yeah, to Patanjali, the only good yogi is a dead yogi because like you, you know, once you've got out of the body and then you're just pure energy spirit, then you've hit the, the goal. While Tantra is about bringing it all down into the body um, and recognizing that your body, your senses, your sensuality, your sexuality, everything is a portal to your divine nature. So that's why a lot of the practices in traditional Tantra are, you know, involving sensual practices like um, touch kind of things like sound, smell, um, sensory deprivation, sensory activation, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's basically saying that, like, you know, you in this human form, in your perfectly imperfect embodied expression of life, um, that that is whole and perfect and divine and sacred. And, yeah, that pretty much you are God. So, yeah, this is where it comes to crossing over with the self-love, self-care movement. So, 
I know in my own experience and what I've witnessed for most people on this path is that generally, you know, we start off like most humans in this world, like culturally conditioned and shut off from our body, um, going into coping mechanisms, numbing mechanisms, um, you know, drugs, alcohol, shitty food, um, binge watching TV and movies, distracting ourselves by buying clothes and external validation and all that kind of stuff. Like most of us kind of start there and then we start getting into self-care. So maybe you know, we have some baths, maybe we start doing a little bit of meditation. Um, you know, maybe we go to some yoga classes, start looking after our body a bit better, maybe even go on retreat and we start, you know, recognizing like, okay, if I don't care for my body, I'm going to feel a bit shit. Um, and then, you know, we start realizing like, oh, I actually really think badly of myself, um, which is why I'm treating my body like shit. I need to have some more self-love. Um, I remember being really amazed when I was talking to a friend in my early twenties, um, and you know, she was like, yeah, I love myself. And I was like, what you love yourself. And she's like, yeah, like, I think I'm a good person or whatever. And I just couldn't believe that anyone could actually think of themselves and as a good person and love themselves. I was like, oh, well, I'm a I'm a piece of shit. I'm a terrible person. And, you know, I deserve to die. Like I, you know, I used to be suicidal and I'm had, um, yeah, like really, really bad self thoughts and self talk. And, um, you know, like many people, I, yeah, just thought of myself as like unworthy of love, undesirable, like that I was ugly and useless and all these horrible things. Like really, really thought of myself as a, yeah, just a, not a good person that people wouldn't want to love or wouldn't want to be around. So then, yeah, I started recognizing like, okay, well, like other people actually do love themselves. Um, and you know, actually me being negative and hating on myself and talking shit about myself all the time is also like repelling people because it's not really nice energy to be around when someone's complaining about themselves and everything all the time. Uh, so, you know, I started kind of exploring self-love, um, how I can talk better about myself, how I can, um, start to build some self-esteem. Uh, and I built a lot of my self-esteem through stripping actually, which isn't kind of ideal because it was based on external validation. Um, you know, people finding me attractive, people paying me money to want to hang out with me and stuff. And so I started after a while, just believing them where I'm like, okay, there's like a lot of other women in this club that they could be paying to hang out with or to see dancing and people are paying me. Um, over these other people so obviously you know like it's not just a charity case like I must actually be somewhat interesting and fun and attractive and you know had good people in my life that reminded me of that and um, helped me build self-esteem so yeah I was then doing self-care I was um, you know cutting down my drinking eating better doing yoga, doing meditation, stuff like that, starting to talk better about myself, actually see myself as a human being worthy of love. And uh, yeah, but it still, you know, didn't really get to this core piece. Like there was still something very external about things. I still found myself in like negative patterns. And then when I got into relationship, especially uh, and had love from someone else, 
then I kind of, yeah, like become, became addicted to that. And I was really addicted to receiving that love from someone else because there wasn't really a good enough foundation within me for my self-love. So then when my ex had started to have a phase where he just wasn't that interested in sex, I started actually getting really, really badly hurt by that. Um, and got really triggered a lot and was like, you don't find me attractive. You don't love me anymore. I'm obviously ugly. I'm obviously not that sexy. And all these really bad stories came up because I built this attachment and my self-worth was based on how people were interacting with me still. So, you know, as soon as this person that I find attractive isn't wanting to um, have sex with me anymore or isn't showing as much interest anymore, then suddenly like the big gaping hole of low self-worth was being prodded and um, then it was really starting to tear me apart. So it was actually, you know, a blessing going through this because then I had to get help. Essentially, um, we had some time apart and I had a friend that was doing the training that I eventually did with Leila Munn, um, which is a lot around self-love and self-pleasure and stuff like that. So I was seeing her post talking about like, you know, not like, having external validation, doing lots of self-love, self-pleasure. Um, all these kind of things. And it started really making me realize how much I had externalized my self-worth and uh, my lovability uh, to my ex-partner and just to other people as well. Like as a stripper, you know, if I had a bad night and no one was wanting a dance, then it would mean that I was obviously, you know, not that attractive that night or whatever. And if I had a good night, then it was that I was pretty and awesome and lovable. So yeah, as much as I had cultivated self-care and some self-love, it still didn't really impact me um, on a really like deep foundational level until I started getting into solo sacred sexuality and going deeper into Tantra. Uh, and these are things that are similar, linking, separate. Um, I've done a blog and I'll probably do a podcast at some point around like the difference between sacred sexuality and neo-tantra and traditional tantra. But I'll just say that like they both kind of can cross over. What I teach is a fusion of the two, but they're also <laughs> kind of separate. Um, but, you know, tantra still like is this philosophy of like self-worship of um, finding the divine through the body um, of being able to explore the subtle body and the energy body and goddess energy and um, consciousness and altered states of consciousness and kundalini um, and all these kind of things are tantra related and that's what we're exploring in um, solo sacred sexuality as well so as I started diving deeper into this and I started my sex love relationship, tantric coaching certification, then I really dived all the way into this um, and doing a lot of self-pleasure practices as well as stuff working with the inner child. Um, so, you know, the inner child is this young part of you that is still present that um, shows up with your kind of triggers and the things that like upset you and your attachments and your aversions and stuff this is all like imprinting from when you're a child and that there's still this uh yeah inner child part of you that especially gets activated in relationships and attachment situations 
Um, so I started doing some healing with that and seeing how, you know, as a child, like I was the kind of neglected middle child, you know, my parents were busy working all the time. I didn't get as much attention as I needed. A typical kind of story like a lot of us have. And so when I started working through a lot of this stuff, going into shadow work um, and yeah, also just exploring my sexuality in relation to myself and not just in relation to other people, um, then really big things started shifting for me. And I was finally able to really have my sexuality and my worthiness and my self-esteem based entirely within myself. Um, so, you know, it's nice when I have that mirrored through a partner or a lover or something like that, but it's not necessary. So when I'm single and I'm by myself for a long time, then I still have a very thriving, beautiful sexuality. I'm still very in touch with my sexuality and, um, you know, still feeling like lovable and worthy and able to receive love from friends and from just life and from nature and all these other sources not just from a partner so yeah it was really important huge life-changing um, experiences I started having when I really dove into this and I kind of set myself the goal as well with um, self-pleasure and with my solo sexuality I was like yeah I want to have the kind of deep orgasmic psychedelic sexual experiences with myself that I have with a partner like I want to be able to really say that I can have sex with myself as good as I can with a partner um, because you know I'd had like oh yeah some nice self-pleasure experiences or whatever but you know there's always something very different when you're with a partner and you can reach these like really intense surrendered orgasmic states and I thought it would be a fun challenge to be like, yeah, like, can I reach that state by myself without someone else? And, you know, it took quite a bit of time and determination, but I did really start getting there, having these really transcendental, deep, powerful, like cosmic, orgasmic experiences with myself and really realizing that this energy and this like powerful, divine, cosmic, like mind-blowing yeah, life force is within me at all times. And I can tap into it and I can activate it and I can experience it at any time. I don't have to wait for an amazing lover who I have an amazing chemistry connection with and on a beautiful night with incense or whatever. Like this is available to me at all times. And this is essentially what Tantra teaches is that you have every experience and every possible like emotion and feeling and sensation and experience like within you available at any time because you are consciousness uh, the one consciousness that is omnipresent to all of experience um, that everything happens within so because we share this one consciousness and that it's the the same um, kind of fundamental grounded being uh, awareness at the foundation of every being um, then yeah because we all share that then we all have the ability to tap into any conscious experience that anyone um, else has experienced so you know the mind-blowing earth-shattering um 
you know, creating a whole new galaxy through my orgasm experience that I have had, you can have that too. You can access that if you train yourself, if you open to that, if you really give yourself the chance to experience that, like, because I was able to experience that then you are too and of course everything's always going to be like a different flavor slightly different you can't really like actually compare <laughs> what someone else is but yeah every um every yeah, type of feeling and experience is available to all of us and yeah I started to really feel that and embody that and experience that um, and yeah it was just really amazing seeing what these sacred sexuality practices could open up within me also for healing trauma. Um, when I started getting into this work, like I didn't consider myself to be someone with sexual trauma. Um, I had like a pretty standard <laughs> kind of, you know, upbringing um, and sexuality. Like, you know, I was a late bloomer. I didn't really have... Um, lovers and stuff until I was 16 and had some very awkward first experiences, um, couldn't communicate to save my life. Uh, I'd had some, you know, crossed boundaries and kind of, I guess they're called like date rape situations of like kind of being coerced and pressured into doing more than I wanted to do when I was younger, but I didn't really consider them to be like sexual trauma compared to, you know, obviously people that had like some really extreme situations. But as I got into this work, then I started really seeing that I was holding a lot of trauma and that through these practices and when I would tap into these deep orgasmic states, then I started to sometimes have flashes of these old memories coming up. Um, you know, I would start like crying or kicking or screaming or um, just really feeling like the tension that I had unconsciously been holding from these past um, boundary crossing situations and really felt that I released it and released a lot of the charge around it. So yeah, not only was doing these self-pleasure things like opening me up to this whole other realm of like what my body is capable of, but it was also helping me heal past trauma so yeah and it just became my my prayer my meditation um you know i still do asana yoga but i also recognize that like a good energy orgasm practice it can you know leave me with a much <laughs> much more deep meditative state or um yeah, spiritual experience than, you know, just doing some postures on a yoga mat. Like some, sometimes doing those postures, I'll get into a super deep state, but actually I'm finding that, um, if, you know, I'm doing a practice for the intention of feeling the infinite oneness of life and feeling unity and feeling the flow in my body, um, then actually a lot of sexuality practices, um, are the most effective for that. So, yeah, Sacred sexuality and solo sexuality is such a beautiful journey. Um, it's also amazing, like, while you have a partner to be doing this. So obviously a lot of us get into self-love, self-pleasure um, kind of stuff while we're single because, you know, then we're like, okay, like, I have sexual energy. I want to move it. I don't want to just be having sex with any old stranger on the internet just to get that done. So I'm going to start exploring self-pleasure. 
And that's a obviously an amazing pathway into it. But also um, it can be really powerful when you're in relationship to also start to take time apart from your partner to do self-pleasure practices. Because again, like I shared earlier, like we can put our entire sexual um, I don't know, well-being onto our partners so that, you know, every time we're horny or we have sexual energy, it's like, yeah, it has to be them that does that for us that helps us move that energy or something and this can cause a lot of problems in relationship especially if there's a bit of a mismatch libido where one person isn't feeling particularly sexual and the other person is and then there can be either conscious or unconscious pressure on the person that's not wanting to be sexual um, as, as if there's this responsibility because you're in relationship it means that you have to take care of the other person's sexual energy and obviously that is not a good thing and is not going going to do very well in your relationship so yeah taking time apart and actually exploring cultivating your own sexuality and your own sexual pleasure is really really amazing for the relationship it also brings in new energy because one of the things also in long-term relationships is that you know if you're just having sex with each other all the time then there can just be this um, repetition and things can start to just feel a little bit like yeah it's a bit all the same after a while um, and there's a lot of ways to kind of bring in new energy and flow and stuff but a great way to do that is to actually have solo sexual practices and cultivate your own sexual energy and um, get in touch with your own body and your own desires as a separate unique being and then come back together um, so I find yeah there's a big difference in the sexual energy with my partner when I have been doing my solo practices and solo self-worship um, separate to them and then we come back together and then there's like this newness and this freshness. Um, and yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing to be able to have in the relationship. Um, it can be challenging if you, you know, share a room and live together and there's not much space. Um, and sometimes you might have to, you know, request it or set a boundary or something or find a way to go out in nature to do it. But it's definitely something that is worthwhile to start to explore and cultivate, um, even if you are in a relationship. And obviously, if you are single, then it's often the perfect time to really dive into this work and to, yeah, really explore it. So, yeah, there's the kind of spiritual aspect of doing these self-pleasure, self-worship practices um you know for yeah just getting in touch with your own body for releasing trauma for building sensitivity for um exploring what you like as well so a big issue i see especially for a lot of people raised as women is that um people like especially women that don't self-pleasure often really struggle to know what it is that they really like and want and tend to be more people that would go into a fawning response and would just like allow whatever someone else wants to do to do to them. Um, then they'll kind of just allow it because they don't really know what it is that they like or what their body likes. Um, and often these people uh, will be ones that will tend to have sex more often with people that they're not actually that attracted to or connected with just because like that's their only source of sexual 
expression um, because they don't have their own solo sexual expression. And it's like, okay, well, I'm horny, therefore I'll have sex with just like any old person. And, you know, sometimes that can be fine, but also obviously the more people you're sleeping with and there's more um, risks involved um, as far as like STIs and, um, you know, potential negative experiences with people. So, you know, just if people are cultivating their own um, sexual self-practice, then when they're choosing to relate with other people, it's from a place of, you know, really wanting to do it and not just like, oh, I'm horny, so I'm just going to do it anyway, um, even though I'm not really that into the person. So, yeah, getting to know what it is that you like, um, really filling up your own cup. And a big part of it as well is just sexual self-training. So just like you train any skill, you can train your body's orgasmic capabilities. So most of us don't just naturally have full body energy orgasms and psychedelic orgasms. Um, this is something that we have to train with specific techniques. Um, so, you know, this is learning to move energy through the chakras, learning to do pelvic floor squeezes um, in the right timing, learning to use breath and sound and different speeds and different techniques. So this is the kind of stuff that we teach when we're teaching solo sacred sexuality is like specific techniques that you can start to master. Um, so yeah, again, this is really useful for people. Like if you're someone with a pussy, then it's really learning to activate your cervix, to be able to control your pelvic floor, to be able to do pulses and squeezes. Um, so you can actually just kind of um, activate your own orgasmic capabilities, even if the other person isn't doing anything specific. So um, some people think that like, oh, yeah, you just got to wait for a man that's really good at, you know, really good with his dick that's going to give you an orgasm or something. And, you know, I think that's just like a really a way of avoiding self-responsibility for women. Like there's um, actual ways that like even if a person is completely still um, that you can squeeze and you can pulse and breathe and move the energy and have an orgasm whether the other person has good skill or technique or not so um, there's specific things that you can do there and same for people with penises then there's um, techniques for being able to either last longer or um, to have multiple orgasms to be able to circulate that energy through the whole body um, to be able to send yeah not just the physical sensation of a penis into someone but to be able to actually send energy through your cock into their heart into their crown of their head like to really um, penetrate with the whole body and with the whole soul um, not just with the physical extremities so yeah, lots of things that we can learn, we can train, we can um, start to really open up and explore so much potential with our sexuality. And that's what really excites me about this work is it's like, wow, like there's so much more to my body and there's so much more pleasure available to me than I ever knew. And for me as someone that has a lot of um, issues with my body, <laughs> let's just say, uh, with chronic illness, with having um, a hypermobility disorder that causes me chronic pain and a lot of injuries and stuff like that. Um, it's quite easy for me to hate on my body um, and to be like, oh, this body just causes me a lot of pain and frustrations and it's not a good body. I wish I had a good working body. 
Um, it's yeah, like that's been a big part of my like self-hatred in the past. Uh, but when I dive into sacred sexuality and my ability, like for my body to just with some breath and with some intention to be able to have like super powerful orgasmic experiences that just like fill me with so much pleasure and aliveness and vibration and just like make me feel like a powerful goddess, like it's really amazing um, and it really helps me to appreciate this body even more um, to really see that there's so much more that I'm capable of than it might seem like in my day to day. And yeah, just to keep this open minded exploration and appreciation uh, just going in, in my being. So, yeah, so that's the kind of sexual aspect of self-worship and then there's also you know the philosophical psychological aspect which maybe I'll go into another time when we're going a bit more into traditional tantra but it's yeah really being able to recognize that every emotion every feeling every experience in life um, is just so yeah so full of life force um, and being able to see that even shitty experiences are divine um, and that's another yeah a big part of tantra and self-worship is to actually be like wow like I'm feeling really fucking pissed off right now and I'm feeling really anger and like wow there's like so much power in that anger there's so much life force in that anger it's like how does it feel in my body? How does it move me? How does it make me want to take action and to really like learn to appreciate and worship like every experience, not just the pretty ones, not just the orgasmic ones, but to be able to appreciate like all of life's experiences, even uncomfortable and painful and weird ones. Um, and this has been, yeah, like the biggest lesson in the last couple of years for me is to be able to be in a kind of depressive state or to be injured or weak or um, kind of helpless. And to see the stories coming up of like, oh, well, if you were really spiritual and awakened and everything, then, you know, you wouldn't be feeling shitty. You would be feeling magical and you'd be feeling orgasmic. And then to really check that and be like, no, that's a bullshit story, actually. Like, I can be divine as fuck and I can be like weak and pitiful at the same time. And they don't have to contradict each other and they don't have to be separate. Um, so this is, yeah, a really, really big part of um, the more classical tantric philosophy that goes into the self-worship um, category for me is to be able to fully embrace and welcome and see that every experience in my life, no matter how painful and shitty and uncomfortable, is um, an expression of divine consciousness um, and has gifts and wisdom and magic for me to get from him so yeah that's all for me today on self-worship um and yeah moving from self-love self-care to self-worship uh, I wanted to also share that yeah now my course deep self-worship is available um, to buy at any time uh, so usually I was running this as a group program where we would start um, all together so it would be run for 12 weeks and we'd have some live calls 
uh, this year because I'm traveling a lot and doing um, the facilitator training and organizing all this other stuff. I've just decided to allow people to just buy it at any time. Um, and yeah, if you want, once you're in the course, if you want to have like a one-on-one call with me to go into anything that's coming up for you, then we can do that. So I'll put the link to that below. I also have um, I'll have the link for my three free pleasure practices that I have. So there's um, a few different guided audios for you to have a little experience of what um, some of these self-worship, uh, sacred sexuality, solo self-pleasure practices are like. If you're kind of curious of like, what kind of stuff are you even doing in these courses? And what do you mean by like training yourself and doing guided kind of sexual yoga practices and stuff? Um, you can try out the audio. So, you know, you just uh, set up in your room, put on the audio and follow it just like you'd follow a yoga practice. Um, but it's a lot sexier and a lot more fun. So uh, if you're curious and you want to try it out, give those practices a go. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions or comments. Um, hope you found this useful. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it inspiring. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and through my website, sensualartistry.com and sensualarts.school, where you can get some freebies and sign up to my mailing list to stay in touch. Hope to see you again soon.